Hi, this is Viv, and you're listening to the new episode of If I Did, You Can Too. Today's guest is a very special one. She started with a job that she had assassin in the title, and right now, she's in this project that helps you have better, deeper conversations. Just the type of people I hang out with. So let's hear her story and get inspired. Okay, so we are back with yet another guest. This one is also another super inspirational person that I have seen. I talked to her only once before. And before that, I knew her as the wife of my friend. And right now, I know my friend as her husband. She has made such a huge impact on me in that one conversation that she had to be on this show. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Shushan, go ahead. Hi, so happy to be here. Uh, my name is Shushan, and the husband you were referring to is Darren, um, your ex-teammate. Um, so, hi, very happy to be here, very happy to be on, on, this, on this podcast. My first one, actually, so very excited. Thank you so, so, so much. You're going to be on so many more podcasts after this, I have a feeling. But thank God I got the first one. <laughs> Let's see. I can always tell everyone that you see that girl. She was my friend. I even have the proof. I'll play the podcast for that. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Let's see. Um, Shushan, who is Shushan? Ooh, that's such a loaded question because it's a. I feel like it's it's a different person, um, depending on the stage of my life. Um, right now, Shushan is is the person who's kind of searching for her identity um, in relation to her nationality, I would say, at the moment. Um, yeah. And tell us where you're from as well, so people have an idea. I'm from Armenia, um, and a lot of people don't know where it is, but it's this tiny, small, mountainous country right next to Iran and Turkey. Yeah, I think the people who are listening to this podcast, they know where it is, because if they know Iran... They definitely know where Armenia yeah. is because they're super close. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so the thing that I was very surprised about by your story in particular was oh, the number of jobs you had and the variety of them. Like It's so crazy. And I don't even want to say anything about it. I want you to explain everything. So you told me the whole story before. Now, I want you to tell your story for the audience that are listening right here. Let's just go, let me see. Let's just go from the time that you got accepted to go study at the sporting school. And then what happened from there on? Go ahead. Mm, okay. So when I was 14, um, I got accepted to study um, at the Regents International Regents School of Bangkok. Um, and it was, I was a scholarship student. I was living there in the boarding house. I was 14, um, had no idea what I was doing, honestly. But all I knew was when I was in Armenia before that, I really didn't like the education system. I really didn't like how, um, it was just, uh, learning things by heart and regurgitating it, um, not really allowing you to think critically. So I was like, not good enough. I want something better. So when I got accepted to, uh, the Regent School. I was super excited. I had always dreamed of studying in a boarding school for some odd reason. And suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> which is like very bizarre, I but suddenly know. I found myself in Thailand living in a boarding house, studying in a class of like uh, 20 Thai people. Um, 
so it was it was it was a really interesting experience um, because we had very limited freedom, obviously because it's a boarding house and of all places it's in Bangkok and you know and I was super young and all the other boarding students were super young. Um, but yeah, I was there for four years. Um, I studied a lot. <laughs> and then after that, um, I did a bit of a gap year. I went back home to Armenia. Um, I, I worked for, for some time during my gap year. And then I decided to pursue my studies in London. Oh, wait, let's go back to the boarding school. Because, okay. I mean, everyone, when at least for me, when I hear boarding school, I have this very scary, dark place in my mind that it's like, it's not good everyone is picking on you you're being bullied and it's dark and the principals are awful and in all those <laughs> scary movies you see boarding school there so how what how did you have a good life there that's so funny because there have been so many instances in my life when relatives and stuff they've told they've threatened their kids with sending them to boarding school and for me, that was like, why would you do that? Boarding school is so fun. Um, the truth is, it was it was not easy, of course, and it was not always fun. Like our freedom was extremely limited. Like we couldn't go to the street uh, to the shop across the street just like that because it was dangerous. We had to be signed out, but like by adults, and we had to be in groups in order to just cross the street to go buy noodles from across the street. You know, so it was very strict in that sense. Um, I wouldn't say um, there was a lot of intentional bullying or anything. Um, the difficult part of, of studying in Thailand was the fact that um, in the first two years of me being there, my all of my classmates were either Thai or half Thai, half Chinese or another mix, which meant that they all spoke Thai. So they would prefer to speak in Thai with each other and hardly ever speak to me. Um, at the time I was 14, so I like, I felt like something's wrong with me. They don't want to be my friend. Like, and I, and I, and I couldn't understand what it was. Um, so I was taking it very harshly at the time. It, it's only in hindsight that I realized like, actually, these people are just generally shy people, Thai people. They don't, um, they're not very expressive. Um, so I, at the time I was upset in hindsight, I'm like, okay. I understand them. Um, uh, so my part is to the to the to heal that like teenage draw, uh, teenage self of mine. Um, but other than that, um, it was a really lovely experience. I got to make friends, uh, international, lots of international friends that I keep in touch with until today. Some of my bestest friends uh, of all time. So um, Overall, it was it was a very interesting experience that shaped who I am today, because um, un up until today, like if I'm in a room with a bunch of people and uh, all of them are Armenian apart from one, I will make sure that either I translate everything to that person or that everyone speaks in a language that that person understands, because I've been there. I've been that person who does not who's in a room of 20 people and has no clue what they're talking about. They could be talking about me and I would never know. Um, and it's a really shitty experience. So I never want people to have that. So I think that's like one of the major ways that this experience has shaped me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had the same experience when I was in Poland. The same thing. A lot of people were speaking Polish and they were also not comfortable enough to, to speak in English. But I also had that one friend who would always translate everything for me. That was like, she was my saving angel. So <laughs> I had that, that one friend I, as well. <laughs> I know, I feel you, I feel you. Okay, so you went back to Armenia. 
and then you went to London for some reason. Yeah, so um, I was determined to study in London. That was another dream. I always wanted to live and uh, to live in London. So when I got accepted to study politics at UCL, and then I got scholarship from from a few foundations in Armenia, I was super excited. Um, also, I already had a lot of friends who were studying in London, so it was just um, such a blessing. Um, so I moved to London and I started studying politics. Uh, at first, I was like really excited and, and, and I was thinking, oh, my God, like I'm studying politics at a top university. And like, you know, this is this is my chance. I'm going to, you know, do something with with my politics degree. And then halfway through, I was like, this is great. I love what I'm studying, but definitely not something I really want to get into in Armenia. It's um yeah, like I don't think I have the 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 ner- nerve or the grit for this kind of role um, to to or this kind of position to to take up in Armenia. So, um, so yeah, but it was it was great experience. I studied for for three years. Uh, I made amazing friends and I had some fun jobs while I was <laughs> in London. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell us about that. <laughs> So the one that you're excited for me to tell, I think, because I had a few like I had the regular, you know, the, the regular job or you're, you're a bartender or something. And I did that for for a few months. Um, but the most exciting one was um, it was in the beginning of my second year. And I decided that I'm going to stop uh, taking money from my parents completely, even if that means that I'm going to starve until I get my next job. Um, but I was super determined. I spent like, you know, like a whole month applying for jobs nonstop during the day. Um, and eventually one of them called and I, and, and the girl who called me had a very thick accent. So I couldn't really understand what she was saying, but I was like, okay, I'll come to the interview. Like, I mean, I've applied for this. So clearly at the time I thought like, I can totally do this. So I turn up somewhere in the beautiful neighborhood of Primrose Hill. I go, um, I enter and they start talking to me about cleaning up, cleaning out headlights from people's heads. And I was like, oh, my God, this was the odd job that I applied. And I thought, what on earth is this? But I'm still going to apply. <laughs> so so the position was called headlights assassin, which I thought was pretty, pretty you know, badass. Like to have it assassin is. in your title <laughs> is really cool. Not something that you would put on your CV, but pretty cool, you know. So, so yeah. And I passed the interview, and it paid well. So I was like, "You have me. Like I'll I'll clean out all the lights you want." So um, it was it was really fun because I got to I got to learn a lot about lice. You know, I can I can tell the difference between a male louse, a female louse. I can tell you how what stage in their life are they like i'm an expert so that's what i tell people like if if your kids you know ever get lice i'm your girl <laughs> it's it was a meticulous job but the one that didn't require a lot of brain effort you know so it was kind of at one point it had become kind of um therapeutic you're just sitting there like cleaning lice <laughs> So um, it was an interesting experience. Also, um, there were there were some instances where like we had like a more difficult clients, uh, the clients which had issues and stuff. Um, so that was a interesting learning experience because I got to interact with so many different people. 
yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and also you met celebrities yeah i don't know if i want to name names <laughs> in a public podcast but yeah we had some celebrities that would come um to to our clinic or sometimes we would go to their home uh to clean out their their children and, and check them so that was what yeah one time we actually had some celebrity that i didn't know was a celebrity actually <laughs> because she was some british celebrity that i didn't know and then halfway through as i'm like cleaning her head like i realized that she's a celebrity i got i got so nervous suddenly i didn't know her but suddenly i got so nervous i ended up whacking her head <laughs> with one of the tools because i just i freaked out for a minute but yeah <laughs> yeah she was kind she, i love yeah. that <laughs> Okay, so uh, what was the next step after this? So after, after that, studying. yeah, yeah, I was I was trying to to land a job in London. Um, I applied to so many places, but of course, if you're not an EU citizen, it becomes a lot more difficult to land a job in in um, in the UK. Um, so um, eventually, I did actually get a job, but at the time, my my grandma was. Uh, was ill, terminally ill, so I decided not to stay. Um, and I moved back to Armenia because she'd been asking about me. So I was like, you know, doesn't matter. Nothing work doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Um, I just want to be next to my grandma. So I moved back to Armenia. Um, and after some time, I, I got accepted um, to to work at Pixart. So Pixart at the time wasn't as big as it is now. Um, and now it has like a few hundred million uh, monthly, monthly active users, loads of downloads. So it's it's really, really big. At the time, it wasn't as big. So I, it was really fun because I got to be there when Pixart was just, you know, like just uh, getting started to, to take over the, the space that they, um, they have now. So... Yeah, it was. Uh, I started as an engagement specialist. Um, so, uh, as I was telling you last time, the uh, the idea was that we were trying to replicate the ten ten rule that um, Twitter had at the time, which was trying. Uh, which was um, if you have ten followers, you follow ten people, and you have posted ten times, then you're engaged enough to stay on platform. Uh, so we were trying to find that magic number for Pixart and we're trying to engage our, our users uh, through comments, through editing their uh, their images ourselves. Um, so that was an interesting experiment. It was kind of like the first uh, steps I had in, in uh, what later became known more as growth hacking. So it's a, it's a type of growth hacking, you know, you're trying to figure out how you can get your users more engaged. So um, I started off there. Um, afterwards, I was I was leading that team. Um, so we were quite a big team at the time. We were, I think, 10 of us. Um, eventually, <clears throat> after some time, I moved on to, um, to manage uh, community health um, within Pixart. Uh, that was an interesting experience. It's basically, I was managing the, um, the, the team that was moderating the content. So anything that was inappropriate, um, for for our user base to see, uh, including you know of course uh, pornography or um, or cutting or violence or hunting this kinds of content, uh, we were we were filtering it out. Uh, we ha- so I I um, 
expanded the team. We had uh, we created guidelines, um, and we eventually got to work with AI as well, um, which was really exciting. Pixar was one of those uh, companies in Armenia that that started early with AI technology and machine learning. Um, this was really cool because um, at the time I, we got to have like first hands on deck experience with with like training a machine. Um, and my team was involved in that. So that was a really interesting experience. Um, and then after that, uh, I moved on to manage the, the challenges content uh, of PixArt. Uh, challenges was basically contests that we had uh, among our, our users. Um, which was really fun to do. We uh, we were coming up with different themes, different topics, uh, keeping in my seasonality and everything. And and at one point, we also started doing uh, contests with celebrities, which was super fun. We had supermodels, we had singers, we had um, Thirty Seconds to Mars, like all these different bands that we were um, partnering with and doing edits. And we would have winners; they would get prizes. It was a really interesting experience because. Um, suddenly, uh, from when I had joined Pixar, suddenly we'd gotten so big that that all these big uh, brands, labels, uh, celebrities were partnering with us. So um, it was it was a big accomplishment for for Pixar and a really uh, useful experience for me, I'd say. And then you decided that okay, I'm done with Armenia. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think I think for me it comes in phases. Um, I feel like whenever whenever I'm back home, I really love it. Uh, I can stay there for some time, but after after X amount of years, normally it's two to three years, I feel like it's time for me to challenge myself a little more because Armenia is wonderful, but um, the everyday life just sucks you in a little. Um, and I feel like I'm so much more productive when I'm out of that comfort zone. Um, and, and I felt like I wanted to do to be extra productive, I wanted to achieve extra things in life and felt like I couldn't do that if I if I were in Armenia. It was too comfortable of a space. Um, so this is my way of challenging myself, just being like, okay, next move, gotta go somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and working towards that. So so yeah, so I ended up um, applying for, for a job at Mind Valley, getting it and moving to Malaysia. The whole time that you were talking about this, one thing that was in my mind was, oh my gosh, she knew herself so well. You still seem like you know you got it all figured out because you even have the number of years. You're like, okay, two, three years here and I'm done and I'm more productive this way. I need to do this after this amount of years. How did you get to know yourself this much to this extent that you just make big changes and you know when it is the time to make that big change? I think, um, I don't think it ever is... Uh, a conscious, like a very like conscious decision. I think oftentimes it's a feeling inside, um, a feeling of like, I, f- I need something different. Um, and the thing is like that feeling can come, m- you know, a year, a year in or two years in, but it's when that feeling is so strong that I want to act upon it really kind of uh desperately that's when i know that the time has come because um you know like there have been times where i felt in armenia when i was a picture it was like yeah i want to go i want you know and then i'm i want to go to a different place try something out but it was never strong enough for me to be like okay 
you know, this is this is the point after which um, the change has to be made. So uh, I think it's more of a feeling and the realization that, okay, if, if I'm feeling it this strongly, then I have to take action steps. Um, because I never wanted to be forced. I think back in the day, I was forcing it too much. Um, when I would feel that feeling, I would force it so much that I would want to go and, and I would do so much um, that it didn't feel too organic. So after, after some time, I realized I need some time. I need, I need space. If I'm feeling this, I need to give it a bit more time to see, am I still feeling it after some time? If I am, then I put more effort um, because before I was not in the flow. I was just pushing it too much. Um, and at times keep getting results that I didn't want um, because because I wasn't doing it with the right from the right place, from the right mindset, with the right intentions. Um, I'm not sure if you want to actually tell the story or not, because there's a form of manifestation in your story as well, as we were talking about it. <laughs> that friend of mine that I actually mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, um, can you tell us how you manifested him in your life? <laughs> For sure. So I like to think that I'm actually a really powerful manifester because a lot of these things that I've achieved in life, um, they're not luck. Of course, they're effort, a lot of hard work, but also um, there's a big uh, there's a big element of manifestation in all of them. Um, and, and the biggest one and my most successful one is my husband because, um, back in the day when I was like 18, 19, um, I used to have the biggest crush on him. Um, and at the time I was studying in London, so I would only come to Armenia in the summers and I would hang out with my friends and family. So I was like, I don't have time to do anything and like, you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything about it, but I was, I had the biggest crush on him. I had his pictures in my phone kind of you know silly now um and maybe a little sad I don't know <laughs> but I had his phone photos in my phone and I was like mm, one day one day you know this guy is going to be mine but at the time I was like this is not the right time you know so funnily enough um in my I think it was in my first year or second year at Pixart um and then Lo and behold, he joins the company. Um, and I was like, whoa, like, what is happening? Like, somehow he's entered my reality in a way that um, I didn't expect, of course. Um, so that was really, really, really cool. And at the time, I was dating someone else. So I was like, mm, interesting, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Um, but eventually... Um, we started dating and actually it's a it's a funny story that he likes to tell people um actually i kind of asked him out on our first date um and we went for chicken wings and and it all just started from there and we clicked so well that i think at the time i was very well aware that i had kind of manifested him but it became very clear why i manifested him at the time i did because we clicked so well, we connected on so many levels um, that I was like, if if I had done this uh, or forced it when I was 18, 19, this would have not worked out at all. This is just the perfect timing for this to work out. And I let, you know, I was with the flow. I wasn't forcing anything and it happened and it happened the perfect, the most perfect way I could have ever imagined. 
Um, so yeah, like so he's my my most prized manifestation. <laughs> oh, that's such a romantic story right here of like from work and business and all professional all of a sudden coming into this romantic side of your story, <laughs> which is very beautiful. Uh now I want to get back to the business side, but the part that I am super excited about even even though it's not even my project. <laughs> Um so okay as you were talking about Pixar Pixar was an application before right at yes. first right and you were working on that and then right now it seems like you guys have your own application yes so tell us about that oh please you can't even stop me talking about it i'm so excited so um two friends of mine um and i have been working on developing an app um so my friend ofla um she came up with the idea um and she asked me and uh, a developer to join her uh, and and build this app so the app is called daily hellos and we just launched on app store um and since we've launched so many people have been asking us about the android version because they love it and we're working on it where we're uh, we're actually working on it and it should be live in some time so we're very excited about that but we just launched on app store we launched on product hunt um and th- let me tell you about the app so um the app aims to uh provide you with interesting profound uh questions in order for you to have deep meaningful conversations with the people you love with your family or friends or or even strangers or maybe you're on a first date and it's a little awkward um so we have a bunch of different topics and all of the topics have question cards in them um and the questions have been carefully selected in order to keep the balance of um light questions and more deep uh, profound questions so that it never feels too heavy um it's a nice balance of like you know fun and light and a bit more heavy hitters um in order for you to have more engaging more meaningful conversations because we felt like these days especially um with with covid with lockdown with um social distancing um it's become even more difficult to have meaningful conversations um and in order to really connect with people uh and understand people and eventually um to have more compassion towards people uh you need to have good quality conversations so that's what we're trying to do the the app itself is uh very straightforward you download it you open the different topics that are uh, that fit your environment your setting your mood um and you start and you start kind of playing with it um so it's it's our way of of trying to um make people's connections better um because especially with social media with everything we're spending so much time disconnected from each other um this is a way of bringing people closer and and closing that social distance gap <laughs> when it comes to connection and communication um so uh i mean i know you've used it right like you've yes. you've seen it um and it's very beautiful like the designs are are so oh beautiful God. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you this beautiful feeling. Right? It it we put so much love and care and effort into it. And I feel like as soon as you open the app, you really can feel it because the designs are so beautifully done by Ofla. And the app works perfectly um, because Mile is such an incredible um, developer. So uh, I feel like you can really sense our vibe from the app, which is a really interesting thing because um, you open the app, it's this like calm, uh, warm feeling. And that's how I feel like the three of us are. None of us is like a firecracker, you know, like or whatever. None of us is like, you know, fit for like a cutthroat environment or anything. We're just very chill, calm people doing our stuff, doing the best we can and just generally zen people, you know, and I feel like you can really sense that from the app. Um, That's very true. Yeah, it's a passion project and we've loved working on it. It's been so much fun and learned so much along the way, like, you know, building something from scratch, even if you're not a developer, because I was doing the content part and the marketing part, but we all kind of help each other throughout the process because there's just the three of us. There's no one else is coming to help. Like there's just the three of us. So we're trying to figure things out all together. So it's a different type of interwoven um, teamwork effort. Uh, which has been really, really interesting. I've learned so many random things because um, otherwise I would have never, you know, had the had the chance to learn these things because, um, I, you know, who who launches an app <laughs> on a daily basis? You know, it's not a very I common know. thing. So it's very random. Yeah, very random. But I'm I'm so thankful Ofla came up with the idea and very grateful she thought of me as someone who can contribute. Um, so it's been a wild ride and and the questions are so fun, so quirky. Um, we have so many different topics to choose from and more are coming um, as we go along. So uh, there's there's something for everyone in there. And we've tried to be very inclusive with, with our questions, with our topics, uh, so that people can find uh, a reflection of them or a way to see their reflection from the questions, you know, when they're when they're answering the questions, um, they, they gain something from it. You know. That's so beautiful. So I decided to actually open the app right now and ask you one of the questions that you guys put right here. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay, nice touch. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. So the question is, what's something horrible that everyone should try at least once? This isn't the friendship topic, so... <laughs> What's something horrible? Um, I mean, uh, doing something illegal, I guess. <laughs> That's actually the next question. What what thing illegal? Um, I th- I mean, as long as it's you know not taking someone's life, but maybe something illegal enough to get you um, excited. Uh, maybe like you know, drinking once when you're underage or like, um, I don't know, stealing something innocent and, you know, from uh, from a place that you can, you know, later on somehow <laughs> compensate. But in the moment, it's illegal and it's horrible to steal, but maybe it gives you a rush. Um, so it's a horrible thing, but I guess if you experience it once, you know, you know why you shouldn't do it again. So... Doing it once is kind of like <laughs> keep, terrible. Advice. Yeah, it gives Do you a rush. Do not listen to this, guys. <laughs> I mean, it's a horrible thing, but I guess 
you know, if I have to pick one. True, true. <laughs> um, there is another one as well. What do you wish you knew when you were younger? Something that I wish I knew earlier was that um, the way that people treat you is not a, is not a reflection of you, but of them. Um, so I think this comes from the time when, when I was in Thailand and I would always feel like they're not talking to me because something's wrong with me. Um, it's because some, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not a good enough friend. And I, for the longest time I had that, uh, you know, complex that was like, I'm not a good enough friend. That's why people don't want to talk to me. But in reality, that's not a reflection of me because I'm a pretty decent friend. I have lots of friends now, you know, um, it's, it's a reflection of them that, uh, and their insecurities. Uh, so I wish I'd known that when I was 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That is beautiful. It is so beautiful, especially right now. You know, there's one thing that I did not see in your story. And I actually say this pretty much in every single episode, how um, so many of us, especially during COVID, um, we have lost ourselves so much. And we only have the version of ourselves that is the professional work version so if you ask like viv uh who are you i would say i don't know whatever the title of my job is at that yes, point so true but how you're just like coming up with new things creative ideas and like working on a new passion project and everything that is that is so beautiful that is admirable um so okay if you were to leave this podcast if you were to leave this podcast with one Thing, what would that be? I, it, it has to be just be kind to one another, be kind to people. Um, you never know what they're going through, um, especially now, but at any time, actually. Um, just be kind to people. Oh, that is so you, the whole vibe. <laughs> Everything is so you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, me, I'm, I can be the best version of me, right? Yeah. <laughs> as authentic as I can be, so. That's so true. That is very true. Okay. Where can people find you? Mm, so people can find me on um, on Facebook, Shushan Nalbandian. Um, they can find me on Instagram uh, with Shushan91. Um, and of course, if you download our app, uh, you'll 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 be able to get in touch with us um, through through our support link. If you have any questions regarding the Daily Hellos app. Perfect. And on LinkedIn, of course, on LinkedIn. Of course. Perfect. Wonderful. Awesome. So let's just wrap this up. I love it. It was so much fun. Thank you so, so, so much for accepting my invitation and coming to the show and sharing your beautiful experience with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're a wonderful host. This has been so much fun. Same. Oh, my God. Same. I, I really hope that people also had the same amount of fun as we had on this show. <laughs> Great. Let's just say goodbye and then finish it off. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.